It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Today we look back on West Ham winning the Europa Conference League as they ended the club's long wait for major silverware. The club's co-owner, David Sullivan, explains why lifting the trophy in Prague will most likely be Declan Rice's final appearance in a West Ham shirt. And we welcome former defender Julian Dix and massive Hammers fan Russell Brand into the studio. Well, well, well. I'm Morning. forever blowing bubbles. Yes. Great. Indeed. I'm delighted for them. You played it down yesterday because of this nonsense that it's a fairly meaningless trophy. It's a bobble, a Which European it bobble. It's a European trophy. And well done, West Ham and everybody associated with the club. It's a great moment for... Come on, be honest with me. You'd have loved to have done that in your time at Palace, would you not? If I was in that competition, yes, of course. If you're in a competition, you might as well win it. Yeah. Yeah, and they did. Is that all you're giving me at this stage? Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I, I watched the second half because um, I started watching the first half and it put my feet to sleep. Um, <laughs> well, I watched the second great. half and I found myself engaged with it. I wanted West Ham to win. Yeah. And then when the final whistle went and I got bombarded by all these plastic West Ham fans <laughs> telling me how wonderful it all is and everything else, it took all the love and sentiment I had out of it and I reverted back to my original position of... Couldn't care less. No, that's not true. I, I was delighted for them and I do care about it. I think it's great. I think it's great that that trophy will be in the West Ham trophy room and not in the Fiorentina trophy room. And it's a bit of a, a West Ham fest this morning and we Indeed. make no apologies for a it. Pie and mash and liquor enema is about to come our way. <laughs> now then, West Ham flying back this morning, but... Co-owner David Sullivan flew back, I think, with Karen Brady last indeed, night, indeed. Uh, straight after uh, the trophy lift. He got in a plane and came back to the UK. And this morning, he's spoken to TalkSport exclusively. What a moment for his beloved West Ham winning a European trophy. Absolutely elated. I'm so pleased for the supporters. And the only great sadness for me is that my long-term business partner, David Gold, and his daughter, lovely Jacqueline, uh, we're not there to celebrate it, you know. In life, you only have so many football seasons and the seasons ran out for him, you know. And I'm lucky enough that 
one of my seasons, we, we actually won something. The managers are exactly the same. You get so many football seasons, he never won anything. But he won something big last night, you know. And it puts us back in the Europa League next year. And look what Roma did in that, having won this competition. It's twinged with sadness, but I'm so grateful for what the team achieved, what the supporters achieved. And 99% of the supporters were impeccably well-behaved and were proud of them. Uh, a few idiots singing plastic cups on the pitch. And you can't do that in football. But other than that, it was a wonderful, splendid night. A bit of magic from a magic player won the game. Or, and it was, it was just a wonderful, wonderful night. And to win late on, that's how we beat Blackpool when we got promotion for the championship, is a wonderful feeling. I looked up a couple of times. I pray for David Gold every night to go to heaven. I know it sounds corny, but every night since he's died, I pray for him to go to heaven. Um, and I do believe that there's someone who does look down on you sometimes and gives you a bit of good. And I've been praying for winning this game for weeks. Um, and thankfully we did. David, your manager, David Moy, said to me weeks ago, I'm so pleased that the ownership believed in me. And you did. We believed in him. We had a lot of pressure from supporters press everyone who seems mad and I'm making changes but we believe in honouring contracts David had a contract with us and has a contract with us to next summer and next summer we look at it again you know uh, but until then as long as he wants to remain the manager he will remain the manager of West Ham hope a lot of people turn out tonight uh, when, when the buses go to the town hall I think 7 or 8 o'clock tonight it'll all be on the West Ham website um, and then the boys can go and have a well-deserved holiday. And, and David, this morning, do you hope and pray that this is a moment that you hope the fans feel at one with you, the owners? I hope so, because if they look at our pledge from when we moved to the stadium, I think most of which we said we, we wanted to deliver regular European football, well, this is now the third year in a row. And not only we delivered it, we went got to the semi-final last year, we've won it this year. So we're delivering it with real commitment to these competitions. You know, we, we've allowed affordable family football. We have the cheapest season tickets in the Premier League. We've got an academy, won the FA Youth Cup for the first time for 30, 40 years. So there's a lot come right at the club this year. And we will strive to improve on it next year, which won't be easy. But, you know, we want to be back in the top six on merit next year. And that's the target. And was this a final hurrah from Declan Rice? I think it has to be. We, we promised him he could go. He set his heart on going. You can't ask for a man who's committed more to us this season. And in due course, I think we have to go. We have to get a replacement, you know, or several replacements. It's not something we want to happen. We offered him two hundred grand a week 18 months ago. He turned it down. It's cost him £10 million to stay with West Ham for that period of time and lost wages. And he wants to go. And uh, you can't keep a player who doesn't want to be there. You told me not that long ago, David, you wanted £120 million plus add-ons. Have you been offered that? No, but I think the offers will start to come today. There's three or four clubs have shown interest, but out of respect to West Ham, while they're still playing, you don't start making offers for players. That's not the way decent clubs do things. Oh, yeah? And that was David Sullivan speaking exclusively uh, to Talk Sport just a short time ago. Declan Rice, they expect uh, three to four clubs to come in uh, maybe as early as today, Simon. You heard them there. Uh, you can't keep a player who wants to go, so it would seem... The Declan Rice has played his last game for West Ham United. And David Moyes, yeah, he's the manager. And he goes into next season. And he's there as long as he wants to be there. So da David Sullivan... Until they start losing games. Telling it as it is this morning. And on a serious note, uh, speaking with great sincerity about his great friend David Gold. Uh, 
who sadly passed away in uh, recent months and of course was not there to see what is now being regarded as one of the, if not the greatest moment in the history of West Ham United. Does it make sense to you, Simon, if you were David Sullivan, would you now be saying, right, let's have a look at the bids that are coming in for Declan because he's going to go and he wants to go? Well, if um, if David's to be taken at face value, and I have to pull back on the argument that that's how decent clubs operate when they don't bid for players because David does regular things like put bids in for Andy Johnson when we were playing that were never manifesting himself. So I'll pull back on that particular analysis. But yeah, if he's promised him in the same way, again, with the aforementioned Andrew Johnson, that he can go at a certain time and, and has to uh, observe a certain relationship with the club until that time manifests itself, then it's entirely appropriate. You, you, if, you've, if you've given your word and then you suddenly decide that you're going to change your mind because you've got the ability to hold him for another two years, you're going to find yourself in very murky waters with players. Not because they shouldn't do as they're told, but because if you've given an undertaking and an understanding and you have an agreement in principle... Um, and then you change your mind because it suits you, you will find yourself in a situation where you're compromised, not just with that player, but with other players and perhaps even the manager, albeit no manager potentially would want Declan Rice to leave unless they're going to be able to get all of that money back and be able to massively improve every aspect of the of the playing squad rather than just one position. So, you know, and I was also, when I was watching the game, all... all Witticisms aside, I did think of David Gold and I also thought of Jackie. I was very fond of Jackie. Yeah. I knew Jackie for years. So it was my overriding thought when I sat there watching them, you know, receive their medals from Seferin that um, yeah. it was a sad moment for David Gold not to be there. It was indeed, Simon. It was indeed. Uh, is it a legacy moment for Sullivan and the, and, the, and the ownership, the present ownership now? I don't know. You know, David's rewriting history. He's talking about the fact that he promised them that they would do this and promised them that they would do that. They, you know, they got into a, a third-tier European competition. They finished in the bottom third of the Premier League. And when he's made those observations, he was selling players like Paye and buying people like Robert Snodgrass. And, that, and, that, and that's not quite how they manifest the uh, how they suggested they would manifest the outcomes. But they've got them, and that's to do with David Moyes. And on Moyes, is there as long as long as he wants to be? Well. Yes, in moments of euphoria. I mean, within reason. In moments of euphoria and elation, you will say things that may come back to haunt you if you lose the first six games of the ensuing season because everything changes. That's the moment. David Moyes thoroughly deserves it. They've won a European competition, irrespective of what people like me think of that European competition. They've won it. Yeah. Tottenham Hotspur went into it last year. They didn't even get past a nondescript Portuguese side, right? Right. So let's have it right. Yeah. So with that in mind, you have to give due credit to those that have achieved this outcome. It gets them in the Europa League. The only thing is, is that, uh, you know, I'll, we will have to now listen to a staple diet of, as I said, a bunch of plastic. All we need now is, is Ray Winston and Danny Dyer to rock up and we'll have the full ensemble. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Simon is alongside me this morning here at Talk Sport. You've heard from uh, the owner, David Sullivan, who spoke to Talk Sport exclusively this morning. One of what this man makes of it all. 325 games he played for the Hammers. He scored 65 goals. Me, West Ham, and a passion for the shirt. Yeah. Of course, I'm talking about Julian Dix, who quite coincidentally has a book out about his time at West Ham. Hammer time. It's out today. Couldn't be a better time, Julian, to launch your book, could it? Have you come back down from the ceiling yet? No, he's, to be fair, I watched the game last night at the Indigo Bar at the O2 and there was 2,500 fans there and it was an incredible night, especially when the goals went in and all the beers went flying. It was it was an incredible, incredible feeling. Um and for the boys to win it in the last last couple of minutes was was a great feeling. 
Can, I mean, could you believe it's been so long, 40 plus years since the last trophy? I can because it's West Ham. Is like I said from the day I went there, it was it was like a, a yo-yo club, and it, and to be fair, it, it still is. But it, it has been a long time coming. I mean, the season hasn't been great in the Premiership, but it's give the fans something to look forward to before yesterday's game, and for for the boys to win it is is incredible. Yeah, when you were watching it last night, Simon, when when Fiorentina equalised, did you fear the worst? Because I did. Uh, yeah, I did because it, they responded so quickly and it was seemingly with so much consummate ease that they turned up the gear. For about, about a minute afterwards, West Ham, you looked like West Ham were going to go back and further into ascendancy. And then they turned up a gear, they went up a gear for Orantina and scored a goal quite simply. So I thought, hmm, the balance of probability doesn't look good here. But West Ham regained their composure, didn't they? They did. They did, and and they're so deserving of 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 this great uh, trophy, and it is a great trophy, Julian. A lot of people on social media this morning saying, "Oh, come on, the Europa Conference League." No, it's a European trophy, right? It is, and the closest, like when we played, it was called the Anglo Italian Cup, and the the games up to that were a pain. You know what I mean? You did you <laughs> didn't want to play them, but. Once you get to the semis in the final, obviously you want to play in the final. Yeah. And it's, it's great. Like I said, it's maybe the conference, Europa League final, but it's still a cup final. And West Ham won it. So mm. it's, a great, it's a great feeling. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Incidentally, Russell Brand, West Ham superfan, is just outside the studio at the moment, but pretty much getting mobbed. He's out there asking the, people to take photos with him. Yeah, the 17th floor of the news building is a busy place at the best of times. It's super busy out there this morning. Simon, I've got to say, there's Chris, a Derby fan who speaks for many. Jim, please get Simon. Simon, just try and crack a smile. Say something positive about I West did, Ham. I did I say mean, something come positive. on. Say well I, done to West Ham. I did say something. I did say well done at the beginning of the show. I just can't have an endless, an ongoing, over-sentimental <laughs> approach to it. It's not my football club. I don't really care very much about it. My warmest memories of them were knocking them out of the playoff final in 2004. Are you envious this morning of no, Sullivan I'm, getting a no, European no, trophy? No, I'm not envious. I, mean, I, was, I was disappointed. I was looking forward to David. Aye, aye. Superstar alert. Here he is. <laughs> now then, as you can hear, it all starts now. Because in walks... The very understated Mr. Russell Brown. Is it Brand. sunny in here then? <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it? Mate, good morning. <laughs> All right, Jim. I've never seen Simon go off his chair to go and welcome someone at any time in the studio. So, Russell, you can feel extremely privileged there. Thank you. Good I morning feel to privileged. you. All right, Jim. It's so lovely to see you, mate. Good to see you. You look great. You look very well. Thank you. Uh, it's, a, it's almost more affecting. I wonder if other fans feel the same. Today than yesterday. Yesterday, it was too much about sort of relief and confusing bliss. Today, the sentiment is able to kick in and the real meaning, the gathering of facts, the beauty, what an achievement it is for David Moyes. What I, I feel like it's a final purge from the, what he went through at United and Real Sociedad and Sunderland and even... Let's face it, the ire of West Ham fans because of the style of play at points and, you know, earlier in the season and stuff. I feel like it's, a, in a sense, it's given him his rightful place in the pantheon. I'd agree with that completely. I loved the moment last night, Russell, when his, his dad in his 80s is there and Moisey put the medal over his old dad's shoulders yeah. and they celebrated together. It's a great moment in time for David Moyes, who's put a lot into management. Uh, over over a long period of time. Isn't this why we all love football in the end? Because it provides the framing for moments like that. It, in the end, it becomes about 
fathers and sons or fathers and their daughters or relationships between peers and friends that there's a, a moment of such beauty seeing Declan there with his I presume it's like a nephew or something mm. in that like beautiful moment and what about like did you hear in like in separate interviews David Moyes went that when uh, when Jared got the the ball off Paqueta the the assist for the uh, now fated and famous goal that both Declan Rice and David Moyes in their independent apparently independent worlds both went ah oh, you see him gone it's your connected moment connected in, oh, oh I'm glad you said it Simon perhaps all things are connected perhaps there are deep mysteries perhaps there is a ceremony because like, I know you've called it the the Papa John's and the, the oh. Tim Pot Paint Trophy oh he's called it everything and all of that he's but, having to eat his words this morning but somehow but somehow he's like I'm, a vase. I thought they were going to put some chrysanthemums in there <laughs> Simon Jordan would eat his words more often but he's always bloody talking and he he never gets a chance the, the, <laughs> the chompers are always Hang going a second I'm looking for a pot I was it's run off of the kettle <laughs> Russell in all, in all seriousness this is a club you love yeah. I mean how did you feel last night when the final whistle blew and, and the celebrations began Sometimes I feel like it's a little bit difficult to calibrate, to absorb it. I was there with my dad, Ron Brand. I was there with all my mates that are West Ham fans and a few other assorted a miscellaneous. A natural home. <laughs> natural home for West Ham Let's fans. It's about class, Simon. Let's not make it about class so we can talk about the movement that underscores football. All those means West Ham fans community. hanging around in Marlow. <laughs> Listen, if you can have the Cockney Reds up in Manchester, <laughs> surely I can I go from one, where you one end of the River Thames to okay. the other after a lifetime's okay. work from Grays to Marlow. And it, my, dad, my dad broke his ribs. In fact, I don't know, it might be worse than that. He's not answered his phone this morning, but certainly... like what, he broke his ribs last night? Celebrating. Yeah. No, by yeah, running into what or whom? He leapt up. Obviously, as you can see from me, I'm a strapping man. When I embrace someone, that's it. You, you may very well lose some skeletal infrastructure. No, I think he got knocked into a pew. You know, like as in have a pew, sit down. Like there was a, a repurposed pew. Oh, and I think Ronnie Brands took one on the ribs from me. I hope he's no, okay. If you're listening, Ronnie. Dad, I hope you're well. Answer the phone. Ronnie, we hope you're well. We hope you're well. It yeah. was a great moment. And it's a great moment for David Moyes, as you rightly say. David Sullivan was speaking earlier on uh, to us this morning, Russell. David Sullivan's almost too candid, isn't it? Because he's actually <laughs> naming a figure. He's, 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 he turned down 200 grand. He wants to go. You can't keep a player that doesn't want to be here. Meanwhile, Declan and Rice said before the game, my heart is West Ham. I love the place. I don't want to talk about anything else. But good old David comes riding over the hills and makes sure that everyone understands the position. So he who's said, speaking the truth? He said two... Well, listen, I get, like I was saying before, it brings out... I think that what's beautiful about the ceremony around football, like a tournament such as this, even if it's a, a like a made-up one, it don't feel like that in the heart. It don't feel like that in the belly. And it brings forth moments, like David Moyes giving a medal to his dad. It brings forth moments like Declan Rice saying, I've got two years on my contract... I want to stay here. That's what Declan Rice is saying. And there's something about that man, that young man. He looks to me like he's got integrity. It's, it's more than football. It's the, the character of Declan Rice important. Like if I feel like, like most West Ham fans, no one's going to begrudge him a move if that's what he wants. But it's odd that he's being so uh, lucid, pellucid, transparent, clear and open when talking. He doesn't sound like someone who's angling for a way out of there. Then no. David Sullivan coming on <laughs> with, without his Russian hat for a change. <laughs> Amazing whistle. Gear. What was yeah. he wearing? He was wearing know. velvet. I, I think he was wearing velvet in Prague. <laughs> velvet Revolution. That's yeah, where it happened. So he certainly was extremely candid about that. We, we, we would say that. Are you, are you prepared for West Ham going into next season without Declan though? Because that's what it's looking like from from what you have from Sullivan there that's what it's looking like if they get the right money 
And we we heard weeks ago, Simon, the money would be 120 million plus add-ons. Well, if they get as near as damn it to that, Russell, do you give it thumbs up and adios, Declan? I don't have any choice <laughs> in yeah, the yeah, matter. True, but true. I suppose Harvey Barnes, James Will Prowse, like, like there's some interesting yeah. business to be done. Do you think West Ham will get either of them? Is that possible? And I know they're not like for like, but like, like Paquetta's, Paquetta's got a lot more lively in like recent sure. months and that's yeah. sort of reassuring. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the fact of the matter is, West Ham this morning, Russell, and what they achieved last night has got everyone talking. The truth is... The truth is, is that a night last like last night reveals that we're talking about more than football when we're talking about football. We're talking about deep connection, community, meaning, a shared experience together. Whether you're an Arsenal fan, Tottenham fan, Nottingham Forest fan, whoever you support, your club means something to you. It inhabits oh, your yeah, heart. Oh yeah, imagine all those fans were showing those little kids. <laughs> all of those oh, we, Spurs we, fans, we the Millwall fans. We the wall. <laughs> 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 what I'm saying is, is beyond it. Look, what I think is one of the things that's beautiful is it provides a convivial environment for tribal competition. It doesn't have to be about love and love. I, I would say Declan Rice brings more than 125 million to West Ham because like Mark Noble before him and some of the players that he's now listed alongside like Billy Bonds and uh, Bobby Moore, God rest his eternal yeah, soul, yeah. Like, he represents something that's very, very powerful. Some things are more important than money. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, Russell, since we played the David Sullivan interview, uh, it's getting picked up everywhere and now other news outlets are running the story that Declan is set to leave West Ham. Uh, Sullivan was telling us this morning they expect big offers to come in uh, as of this moment onwards. And you would say, Russell, probably on behalf of other West Ham fans, thanks for what you've done, Declan. In, in an ideal world, you'd like him to go into next season, but it certainly doesn't look as if that's going to happen now. 
Apparently not. It seems like momentum is accruing. It's surprising, I suppose, that on one heart is then. Are you saying that what Declan Rice is doing is just being diplomatic and good-hearted and kind? Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's very little chance that. I mean, Declan Rice didn't turn down two hundred thousand pound a week so he could sign stay with West Ham for another two years, did he? So if David Sullivan's logic uh, is to be followed, right, right. that that. Uh, David was so desperate for him to have that extra £10 million, pounds, but, but Declan turned it down because he just wanted to play for West Ham for a fraction of that money. Mm. All roads lead to this particular Damascus, doesn't it? They're going to be a door exiting left stage for Declan Rice. Yeah. And it will all be about how much money. And if David thinks he's going to get £125 million pounds for Declan Rice, I think he, he needs to rethink that because I don't think that market is there for Declan. I think it will be sub-100 well, even if it is, even <gasps> if it the is, West I mean, Ham fans now because they're all massive today. Is Jude Bellingham? <laughs> is Jude Bellingham to Real Madrid for what 80, 90, 86 million? That's a good indicator, isn't it? Well, Real Madrid is one thing, and English Premier League clubs are another. So Real Madrid's track record of paying ninety million for Eden Hazard and other mm. players that they've bought has not necessarily, necessarily served them that well. But I think it's it's a fool's errand to suggest that whoever's buying Declan Rice in England would do necessarily what Real Madrid do. Yeah. Did you ever think in your wildest dreams, Russell, footballers would earn what they earn? This fella, quite rightly, says there's got to be a ceiling. But now the Saudis are in town. Benzema's getting 200 million a season. I suppose it's difficult and perhaps unfair to focus regulation in particular on the wages of the players. Why not Why look... That? Because I suppose it's one of the areas where people from a normal background can emerge into glory, wealth and stardom. Not that those are the only things to achieve. If you're looking at regulation, why not regulate... But if it's harming the overall economic structure of the game, then you're in a territory that argument is relatively Simon, I'm not querying the idea that that corporatisation and commercialisation has harmed the sport. It plainly has. It plainly has. Everywhere you look at it, sort of corruption, hypocrisy, but you know, and it's turned it into an entertaining global product. But I think yep. the, we can see the way that it's going. It's, you know, with the uh, the emerging preeminence of the MLS, with this messy move, the Saudi Arabia gear. It, what seems, it, to me, if you're going to regulate it, why regulate it at the end where it's the players? Why not regulate the institutions? Why not, insta- why not regulate the finance behind it. What does that achieve, Russell? What, what are you aiming at? You're aiming at your sort of ranting. Well, what at the are you aiming world. at? Why I, do you I, want I, to stop the players no, earning the money? I want to. I want to have some reasonable level of return inside the game, so the economic sustainability of the game isn't jeopardised. Now we already know this, when we're talking about regulating the players. I'm not suggesting we send them to the poorhouse and send them back to Bob Lord working down in Burnley because he was a land baron once. They, that <laughs> ship has sailed, mate. They're already. They're already. Well, like, what about when like you used to be get, players on the tube eating fish and chips yeah, in 1986? Yeah, you know, this isn't Johnny. Haynes, <laughs> Julian Dix yeah, yeah. used to arrive up yeah. to park on an horse. We don't. <laughs> we don't. We don't need Jimmy Hill out campaigning for the maximum wage or minimum wage. But the there point is, no the excuse. Point, the point is this, is that we're at a point where the player salaries are but why just... Are you, why are you singling out the players? I know why. Because you're a former owner, okay, Simon. Okay, and I think it should be the ownership Russell. models. Look there at the ownership models. Why not have partial fan ownership? Yep. What about restricting that? And what, like, in the price... Well, it already is restricted. If you're yeah. talking about it, it's not enough. It's restricted by the nature of the fact they don't have any money to put in football clubs. It, what seems to me... Like, if you're saying that the, the requirement for regulation is in order to support, like, the grassroots of the game... Governance. 
Controls, uh, better controls. Yeah, but what is the purpose of the control? You don't want control for control's sake. So We've experienced football, enough so, of that in so, the last so few so years, haven't we? Football clubs are sustainable and not sustainable by individual whims. Do, do we really want individuals, I'm a case in point, that, that run out of money after spending 50 million quid and the football club becomes in jeopardy as a result of it? Do we really want nation states that have different agendas setting the passage and the tone for every other aspect of football? Yeah, absolutely not. not really. But why are you saying that the focus ought to be on the earnings of players because rather that's where than all the inter- money goes? No, what, do you really think so? I don't think no, the money would head in... So no, Simon, I absolutely refute that point. There's no way that the players earning that money is the destination of this endeavour. There's no way that Saudi Arabia are like, um, how can we make Declan Rice richer or the players or, or Abu Dhabi? How can we make working-class English kids richer? That's not the endeavour. It's a no, corporate, globalist, greenwash, sport-wash no, endeavour, but, no? But, but by definition, we're talking... So that's what you've got to cap. That's what you've got to curtail. Well, no? No, not really. Yes, not really. We're talking about the, the nature of the game and how it's structured currently, and the main beneficiaries of it. It's not me sat here like some demented Grinch saying the players shouldn't get this and they shouldn't get that. Because you can run that argument with movie stars like yourself that get paid far Oi. too much money, or go on platforms like Rumble and Watch get paid out. far too much money for what you're doing there. Every day, 5pm, Rumble. The fact of the matter is, Russell, if these players, Benzema, Ronaldo and the rest... N'Golo Kanti is the latest recruit mm. out there, Simon. If they're going to be offered shed loads of money... Mm. It's very difficult to say no to it. As, as, as Simon just alluded to there, you've been very successful, mate. You, you've no doubt been offered parts of it along the way. You can't say no, or can you? No, you can. You can do what you want, can you? You can say you can say no if you want. There are people that make decisions based on reasons other than finance all across the world, and usually we admire them and respect them, don't they we? They though, aren't they? Yeah, that's because we live in an immersive and seductive system, I would argue. I think most people's lives are dominated by finance, even if you took out a lot of yeah. money or very little very money. True. I mean, where do you say, where do you draw the line in terms of moral value? I mean, if you were asked to do a show in Riyadh tomorrow in Saudi Arabia, would you do it? And who gets to draw this line? No, tomorrow, tomorrow after doing Talk Sport today, oh, I'd struggle. <laughs> I'd struggle to get out there. Would you do a show in Saudi? Well, do you know what? When you start analysing this stuff, right, you remember during the World Cup, you lot, I thought, spoke very lucidly and uh, articulately on the subject. You know, oh, you shouldn't go Qatar, they've done X, Y, Z. Well, what, really? I didn't say that, though. I know you didn't. You offered the counter-argument, Simon. I'm, I'm well aware of that, mate. Like, and, and, like, and the pundits that spoke out against Qatar and human rights, but went because nevertheless. So, like, and, and in a sense, it's an impossible argument to make because if you look at our own Premier League and indeed our own history, in the end, it becomes complicated. Indeed. You can't ban... Nuan- the, nuanced. It's, it's certainly nuanced and it's complicated. If you start talking about, oh, take the ships out of the Manchester badges because of the potential connotations, well, should we have a little chat about the royal family? <laughs> like, if you're talking about symbols that represent inequality and represent power, and I'm certainly not advancing that argument, neither of them. I'm just saying that yeah. we should have conversations about power and money and how things are, what ultimately it determines but your, but the direction of an endeavour. This argument, insofar as it's an argument that has any coherency to it, <laughs> Oi, you're saying... Watch out, Jordan. You're I saying take that, that the, the, my that. observation about players getting paid too much money and needing a bit of control and governance in every aspect of sport, whether it's the amount of money comes into sport, whether it's the amount of, whether the owners that have an appropriate methodology or mentality or reasons for being there in the first place should all be interrogated, alongside the players and the remuneration levels, because we're getting to a stage now where they're sustainable. Any other business, whether it's selling Coca-Cola or, 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 or any other business, you don't have a collective responsibility. You just market your product and you sell it for whatever you want and you pay the marketing costs and advertising costs you want to do. In football, everything you do, the one space in life where drip-down economics actually does work 
is football because football's wages at the very top affect football's wages at the bottom mm. and the driving factor for which is making football struggle economically is player salaries and it needs to be addressed I just think it's curious that you've identified that as the primary issue because, because it's, take, it's taking 90% of the air out of the room and that's a fact I would say but I, I think that's that you're, a fact I think it's the not wrong target not Russell, Simon not, not, Russell, not a sentiment we don't, I'm not talking we, about sentimentality we're li- we're either emotions, what is it facts. right alright let's, let's move on to some new facts Simon. you're coming up to a what, break in a second what precisely is it that you're trying to address if the problem is the commodification of football all right sustainability then what do you think is having the biggest impact or potentially negative impact on smaller clubs non-league clubs clubs throughout the divisions is it player unfair, wages uh, or is it the ownership models is it the unfair lack of representation unfair distribution. Unfair, distribution. unfair distribution right so redistribution takes re- the re- requirement for regulation there mate ain't all about the players it's about ownership models I think you're aiming but, but you at individuals you, ownership could be models, a you, don't, you, don't like in, you don't put governance in all that money that drips down for better distributions will I'm go back into players. I'm interested to hear that you believe in regulation in this arena and I wonder if you believe Governance. in regulation Russell, in Russell, I've got to tell you. They're synonyms, Simon. Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station. Talk sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.